Today's scripture reading in the epistle of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're taking a few weeks to think about our mission as a church, look at passages from the Bible that help us to explore that. And as Tina uh, reminded us, part of our mission is to be a church where we glorify the Lord by learning of God. And what we mean by that is we want to be a church where every one of us knows God. Where we know what we believe, we know why we believe it, but more than that, where, where, where each of us grows continually in our relational knowledge of the Lord, where we know, we know God personally in meaningful ways. And I would say, and I'm not alone in this, many, many would say that nothing will have a greater impact on whether or not that happens with you. Nothing will have a greater impact on whether or not you really get to know God than your interaction with this book, your interaction with Scripture. The Bible is the primary way that God makes Himself, His heart, His mind, is the way God makes Himself known to us. God speaks to His people through His Word. So as we look at this passage from uh, 2 Timothy, what I want to do today is I would like to point out five qualities of Scripture that we need to know. That's right, a five-point sermon. So we'll, we'll go through this quickly, all right? Five qualities of Scripture, and here they are. The Bible is clear. The Bible is deep. The Bible is true. The Bible is enough. And fifth point, the Bible is not enough, all right? It's, it's clear, it's deep, it's true, it's enough, and yet it's not enough. So let's, let's work through that. First, the Bible is clear. So in, in this passage, the Apostle Paul is writing to a Christian leader named Timothy. He's encouraging Timothy in light of how difficult the world is, in light of the persecution that always awaits Christians. He's encouraging Timothy to devote himself to Scripture. And he says in verse 14... He says, but as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it, verse 15. And he says, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. So 
So apparently, Timothy had been trained in the Bible from infancy, from the time he was a little, little child. And someone says, well, how could that possibly be? The Bible is a very complicated book. The Bible is a mysterious book. How, how can you teach it to a child? And the answer to that is, the Bible is not nearly as complicated as you think. Now, yes, there are some parts of Scripture that are harder to understand than others. We all know that. And, and yes, there is a degree of work involved in learning how to read and interpret Scripture. Uh, but listen, according to the old Westminster Catechism, the Bible is primarily designed to teach us two things, to teach us what we are to believe about God and to teach us how God wants us to live. And listen to me, when it comes to learning those two things, the, the, the Bible is clear. There's a wonderful clarity to Scripture. We're, we're right now building a, a, a team of church members to work with Annette in the children's ministry. And we're, working, we're building a team of church members to work with JC in the youth ministry. With the great confidence that not only as we teach our teenagers, but even as we teach our little children, there will be an understanding in their hearts and minds of the Word because the Bible is clear. So, my advice is, don't let anyone steal your Bible from you by suggesting to you that you can't really understand it. Unless you're some kind of professionally trained scholar, you've been to seminary, you have a PhD, only they can tell us what it means. No, listen, you can open the Word, and God can speak to you from it in ways that you understand. When Moses gave the law to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 30, here's what Moses said to them. He said, now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in, in heaven so that you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it? He said, no, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart so that you may obey it. He was just assuring the people of Israel there is a clarity to God's Word that allows us, all of us, to understand what God wants us to know. Now, I know that none of you ever met my grandfather, um, but I bet some of you have known people like my grandfather. My, uh, my grandfather, his name, was, his name was Wilfred Hall. He grew up on a farm in Ontario, Canada. He was one of seven children, and his family was very, very poor. So my grandfather had to drop out of school after the eighth grade so that he could work to provide some income for his family. So my grandfather never received any kind of a formal education. But my grandpa knew his Bible. How many of you have known somebody like that? No, no formal training, but they just... Uh, they knew the Word of God. My grandpa, he knew, he, knew, he knew his Bible, and because he knew his Bible, he knew his God. You see, isn't it wonderful that there is a clarity to Scripture that just makes it accessible to, to everyone, regardless of their background, regardless of their training? And, and uh, Paul said to Timothy, regardless of their age, he said to Timothy, from infancy, you've known the Scripture. 
Now, here's a reason why it's important for us to remember this basic sense of clarity in the Bible. Um, it's really common that maybe this has happened to you. You're in a discussion of some, some, some whatever. You're just discussing the Bible with someone, and you'll point out something that's very clear in the Scripture. And someone will say to you, well, that's your interpretation. You read it your way. I read it my way. We all have our own interpretation. No one's really sure what it says. It, now, okay, we hear that a lot. But listen, you, you would never let your landlord do that with the lease, would you? Imagine you, your landlord raises the rent by 10%. You pull out the lease. You say, wait a minute, it's written right here. No, no rent increases for two years, and even then it's only 3%. And your landlord says... Well, that's your interpretation. You know, we didn't, listen, we don't function that way in life, do we? We, we, under, we understand that words, especially printed words, they have meaning, meaning that we can understand. It's the, it's, the sa- it's the same way with the Bible. Now, it's true, there are some passages in Scripture that are more obscure than others. There, there are some matters of, you could say, secondary doctrinal importance where Christians might read it differently. But did you, did you know that when it, when, it comes to, um, when it comes to matters of basic fundamental Christian belief and when it comes to matters of basic fundamental Christian ethics or morality, did, did, did you know that for centuries all over the world the church has spoken with one voice and, and why can the church speak with one voice on these cardinal tenets of our faith and these basic understandings of morality? Well, the, the reason we can do that is because Scripture is clear. Uh, Soren Kierkegaard, who was a Danish philosopher in the 1800s, he, he, he wrote this. I wonder what you think about what he wrote. He said, The Bible is very easy to understand, but we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand, we are obligated to act accordingly. Let's not fall into that trap. So first thought about the Bible is the Bible is clear. The second is that the Bible is deep. Okay, so the, the fact that the Bible is so clear that even children can learn it does not mean that, doesn't mean that this is kid stuff, does it? doesn't mean that this is, this is shallow or superficial. And, and sometimes, sometimes you will meet, um, you'll meet adults that you wonder if that's what they're assuming. You, you, it's very common in churches to meet parents who want their children to receive religious instruction. I mean, that's just part of a, a well-rounded upbringing. So they, they'll take their kids to Sunday school. They'll send their kids to youth group. But the parents themselves never attend a Bible study. Or, or never take a class to learn more. And you wonder if what they're thinking is, you know what, I already learned that. I learned that when I was a kid. I don't, there's nothing more to learn. I already know it all. Do you? Really? Hey, look, look at this passage. Paul is encouraging Timothy to devote himself to Scripture. So, who is Timothy? Well, we learn from other places in the Bible. Timothy was a man who, when he was a teenager, came to faith in Christ and was mentored by Paul, the apostle. He traveled with Paul as a missionary. He later became a pastor. And at the time Paul wrote this letter, Timothy was now in his mid-30s, and he had been appointed what we would call the bishop. He was the overseer of all the house churches in this major city of, of Ephesus. That's who Timothy was. So let me just review. 
He's a fully grown adult. He has studied the Bible since he was a little child. He's been appointed as a pastor. He regularly teaches the word to others. He has served on the mission field. He was personally trained by the Apostle Paul himself. And yet Paul says to that guy, dude, you better keep studying the Scripture. You you need to devote yourself to Scripture. Verse 14, he says to him, but as for you, continue. Continue in what you've learned. So Paul is saying to this very well-trained man, don't quit, don't stop reading, don't stop studying This is deeper than you think. There's more here for you. So here's the way I respond to this. I just look at this and I say, if somebody as well-trained and experienced as Timothy needed to be encouraged to keep devoting himself to the Word, my personal conclusion is that I am not yet ready to put this book on a shelf and forget about it. There's there's more here for me, and, and there's more here for you. Right? There's more for us. Um, so Jesus called us to be what? His disciples. In, in Greek, the word disciple means student. Christian, do you realize that Jesus called you to be a lifelong student of his word? So the Bible, the Bible is clear, but it's not simplistic. So I wonder if anyone here, you just need to be encouraged. Listen, Go back to the Word. Dig into the Word. Read the Word. Learn the Word. Let it continue. There's more there for you. St. Jerome, who lived in, in what today we call Turkey back in the fourth century, he wrote this. He said, the Scriptures are shallow enough for a baby to come and drink without fear of drowning, and yet deep enough for a theologian to swim in without ever touching the, Bible, the bottom. So the Bible is clear, it's deep. One more thought as we move through this. The Bible is true. It's true. Verse 16 says, all Scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. Now, it's, it's common. You've probably heard this. You ask a friend, hey, have you ever read the Bible? What do you think of the Bible? And he or she says, I don't read that. It was just written by men, written by human beings. And yes, of course, it was written by human beings. The Bible itself tells us it was written by human beings. And yet, you find verses like this that assure us that as these human authors wrote, in a supernatural sense, God himself breathed his word, his truth, his light into their words. God... God directed them. He guided them. He oversaw the process of writing in such a way that, listen to me, when you you open your Bible, you can open it with the confidence that you're finding God's words there. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, you know, I hope you know, that the God of the Bible is the God of truth, right? He doesn't lie to us. He's the God of truth. His word is the word of truth. It is, isn't it something to know that you, in, in, when you have God's word, you have something that is reliable. It's trustworthy. It's true, meaning it's authoritative over us, isn't it? Now, to me, it seems like the most important word in verse 16 is the first word. That's the operative word. All, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's not like, well, certain parts are God's Word, other parts are not. 
the parts I like, I'll underline them. Those are God's words. The part I don't like, I can just remove them. No, it's not like that. And, and uh, that's important to remember. Sometimes Christians, we will, um, sometimes we, we, without maybe realizing it, we, we'll approach the Bible the same way somebody might approach a buffet line. You know, just take what you want, leave what you don't. Give me some macaroni and cheese, those string beans. I don't want those. You can't do that with the Bible. All, listen, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's all reliable. It's all authoritative. It's all, it's all true. St. Augustine in the, in the fourth century, he said this. He said, if you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel you believe, but yourself. It's all God's Word. So the Bible is clear. The Bible is deep. The Bible is true. Fourth, the Bible is enough. It's enough in this sense. Sometimes you'll hear, um, you'll hear theologians talk about the sufficiency of Scripture. Have you ever heard that term? The sufficiency. Uh, an author named Kevin DeYoung explains what that means. He says, it means that the Scriptures contain everything we need for the knowledge of salvation and for godly living. We do not need any new revelation from heaven. Verse 16 again says, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful. Useful for what? For teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, teaching, teaching is when God increases your understanding by imparting spiritual knowledge to you. Rebuking is when you're headed in the wrong direction and God tells you to stop. Has He ever done that for you? He's done that for me through His Word. Uh, correcting is when something's just not right inside you. It's not aligned right. It's twisted. And God, through His Word, He comes and he's, He straightened things out again. In other words, He heals you through His Word. Tina, Tina gave a beautiful testimony of how God brought healing into her life through His Word. That's the correcting, the correcting function of Scripture. And then finally, Paul says, it's useful for training in righteousness. And this is something that God does throughout the lives of His people. Through His Word, God empowers you, you, to live for His glory. So Paul says all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice he doesn't say so you can be partially equipped for some good works, right? But you're going to need something more. He says, no, if you've got the Bible, you will be thoroughly equipped for every good work doesn't mean you'll know everything that anyone can possibly know. You will not, you're not going to learn how to bake a chocolate cake in, from the Bible, right? You're not going to learn how to fix the transmission on your car from the Bible. You learn those somewhere else. But everything you need to know to make it to heaven and to honor the Lord on your way there, you will find it in this book. It's, it's in here. Back in the 1980s, um, there was a, a an advertising campaign for Prego spaghetti sauce. And their slogan was, Prego, it's in there. So they had commercials like this one. There's one commercial, it's an Italian-American family. The father is visiting the home of his newlywed son, and he is horrified to find that his daughter, his new daughter-in-law, is preparing Prego spaghetti sauce. 
And he says to his son, son, what is this? Spaghetti sauce from a jar? And the son says, dad, don't worry, it's prego. And the father says, but what about the onions? And the son says, dad, it's in there. And the, and the father says, well, what about the herbs? And, and his son says, dad, it's in there. And he says, but what about the spices? And he says, dad, it's in there. Prego, it's in there, right? It's all there. Now, I don't know if that's true with prego. John Luca, you can tell us whether or not it's good. We need a real Italian to tell us that. But I do know that if you've got the Word of God, listen to me. There will be times when you're so discouraged you don't feel like you can get out of bed. And you need a Word of hope and life. It's in there. There will be times when you're so confused by all the, 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 the opposing messages you're receiving from people around. You don't know what to do. You just need some wisdom. And wisdom is in there. There, there will be times when you feel like the worst failure. You've, you've fallen into sin. You feel like there's no forgiveness for you. You just need a, an assurance of God's pardon. It's in there, right? Whatever you need for life and godliness, you don't need, you don't need more. So, if you ever find yourself in a church where week after week you find the, the preacher teaching your stuff, teaching you stuff from the pulpit, and you're saying, I don't find that in my Bible. Where's it getting this? Or they're imposing uh, expectations, rules on you. Don't do this, don't do that. And you say, I don't, where do you find that rule in the Bible? In other words, if you're ever in a, in, in a community of faith where you're being told that you need some kind of revelation other than here, my suggestion would be look for the exit, all right? We'll find it here in the Word. So God's Word is, what did I say? It's clear, it's deep, it's true, it's enough. Last point, it's not enough. It, in a certain sense, it's not enough. Look, look at verse 15. Paul says to Timothy, From infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation, through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, if, if verse 15 ended after the word salvation, if it just said this, Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation, period, full stop. If, if it just ended there, then we would conclude that really the Christian faith, it's, it's, it's nothing more than just some kind of intellectual exercise. You, you buy the book, you read the book, you learn the contents, you do what it says. That's all, that, that's all there is to it. But isn't it wonderful that the verse does not end there. It says the Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus. In other words, the, the purpose of the Bible is to tell us that the Bible is not enough. The purpose of the Bible is to point us to Jesus. Salvation, wisdom for salvation is found in Scripture, but salvation itself comes through Christ and this is, this is a tragedy that, that some, people never, some people never avoid. You could study the Bible through and through, cover to cover, day after day, year after year, and yet never know God if you don't come to Christ. I mean, isn't that what happened with the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees? You've heard of them, right? The scribes and the Pharisees, those, those guys were Bible experts. They knew the Bible better than any of us, right? But they never trusted Jesus, God's Son. 
And so Jesus said to them in John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, Jesus said to these Bible experts, he says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. He said, these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So our vision for our church, we do want to be a church where we learn the Bible. Where we're, we're, we're trained from the youngest to the oldest, where, where we, we are constantly learning more and more about God. But listen, if that's all it is, if, if, if the Christian faith is nothing more than just a study program, you sign up for the class, you do the homework, you read the assignments, you learn the stuff, oh my, we will be missing out. See, the, the gospel is, did you know the gospel is so much more than a study program? The gospel is an invitation, right? An invitation to a person. And let me just tell you, he is a real person who really loves you, who really knows you, who really gave his life for for you if you'll trust in him. The scripture is designed to point us to him, the the one who gave himself to be your your savior, to be your shepherd, to be your brother to be your friend, to to draw you to Jesus. You'll you'll never know God very well if you don't devote yourself to Scripture. But isn't it something? You'll never know God at all unless you come to Christ and trust in Him. I think one way you could put it, you could say that Scripture scripture is the Word of God in human writing. Hmm? But Jesus is the Word of God in human flesh. Right? He... So, read your Bible, (laughs) study your Bible, listen to the Bible preached, learn the Bible, Let, let, let Scripture change you, the way Tina talked about how it changed you. But put your trust in Christ, amen? The Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this tremendous gift you've given us of your word. And we need your help with this. Some of us perhaps have lost our confidence in your word. We need you to restore that. Some of us have been avoiding your word, and we need you lovingly to call us back. Some of us have grown bored with your word and we're neglecting it. Would you you ignite a joy of hearing your voice there again? And some of us maybe are using your word to hide from Jesus. May may that not happen. May your word that testifies about Jesus be the word that draws us to him to know all of the goodness and joy and grace he offers. God, do that here with us in Christ's name. Amen.